Wait, wait. Did you just call his dirt mile a hang job? Dirt mile. He hung. Oh, he hung. my God. That is a wild statement. I mean, beyond wild. Wow. How did he not How did he not hold on? Cody's wish. He Jesus hung. Christ. He came back and re-rallied twice to take the lead and got nosed out at the wire. I mean... To Cody's wish, holy shit, that's a wild statement. Okay, go ahead. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes. Com for all of your leads, racingdudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Jared Wells. He's Aaron It is Thursday, January 26th, and this splinkers off. What's up, man? What's up, everybody? What's up, Jared? It's good to be on. It's good to be going with this show. I'm telling you what, I, I said it on the daily show this morning. Could not be looking forward to a Saturday more. This is the most excited I've been since the Travers. I am pumped. Uh, Gulfstream, this card is loaded. It is great. And I think Oakland's really, really good, too. It's going to be a big, big, big weekend. Yeah, it's like it's like the perfect storm, uh, you know, because normally you don't really have the the Pegasus, we always say, is like that time, time that break from the Derby for, for a weekend, and then we go right back into the Derby Trail. Well, this year – They've thrown the Southwest into the mix, and 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 not to say the Southwest isn't a good race, but you know it's not. It's definitely not the Rebel, and it's definitely not the Arkansas Derby. But all of a sudden, here shows up Arabian Night, the 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 long-awaited kind of return back to the track, and then you've got like you know the three uh, Brad Coxes, a couple legit looking, possibly looking legit Brad Cox horses. Um, and so it's not, it's a legit derby prep on top of having the Pegasus going on the same day. So yeah, it's a lot, a lot happening. We may see, you know, a legit Kentucky Derby contender out of the bat, a Bob Baffert barn or the Brad Cox barn. And that's kind of a big thing. I think with the last couple of preps that we've had, it's kind of like, yeah, we know that horse is decent or maybe just a little above decent, but we don't really think, Hey, that's going to be like a derby winner. Now we've got that. Like, if Arabian Night romps, you can kind of leave that race going, maybe that is a derby contender. Same with Corona Bolt, if he was able to do it. So that is exciting, and it's just the the secondary event that's happening, and that's really cool that, that we've got, like I said, this Pegasus, these races we're going to go through. I mean, you could hear them on the Magic Bike Show earlier. You're going to hear them tonight. They're, they're loaded. They're Like, if you like to handicap horse racing, it doesn't get much better than these three races at the Pegasus. And I'm with you. I mean, I it's uh, it's definitely the most excited for the year for sure. And uh, you know, like I said, like in it's one thing at the Southwest, like it's just like a bullshit kind of race, but it definitely looks like we have on paper, um, you know, obviously very legit. Possibly, you know, if any any of those Brad Cox horses win, 
Um, they become instant kind of, you know, we're still looking for that Brad Cox horse. That's kind of, kind of wow us um, in a big race. And, and then you throw in Arabian night in the mix. And if they, one of them beat him, um, then it really just shows how good they are. And then of course he in, in, in his self, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge weekend. And then, yeah, the Pegasus, uh, <laughs> don't even forget about the Pegasus. It's going to be tough, man. I don't, I got, um, I got my, my, uh, my youngest, his birthday is today. Happy birthday, Cooper. It's your birthday today. Cooper! Uh, but it's birthday party. It's all, Halterman always remembers both my kids' birthdays because they, for the racing in him, they coincide with two of the biggest races of the year in the Travers for Cohen and, and the Pegasus um, for Cooper. And so it, it always, but it makes it tricky um, this weekend we have uh, Cooper's birthday party and of course you have all this going on. So it's like, I'm like in dad mode, but also juggling the the big racing event that's happening. It's uh, it's a lot. It's just a, it's a big, and then not to mention the freaking AFC championship the next day. Thank goodness that's not on Saturday. Cause I literally don't know that my mind could take any more, but then you have that going on this weekend. It's a big weekend, big weekend. It's huge, yeah. And Samich is going to be down at Gulfstream. And the last time Samich and his dad are actually going to be both there, and the last time they were there was when Cooper was born. Uh, and that was that Pegasus <laughs> and City of Light one in the pouring down rain. Uh, it rained all day. <laughs> we still had a good time. But, uh, yeah, I do remember his birthday. And then, of course, uh, Pacific Classic birthday there. Uh, so, you know, you got you got two born right on big racing days. It's going to be, uh, like I said, this is uh, definitely – uh, going to be here for a while, this Pegasus. It, you know, when it first started, everybody was like, yeah, I don't know about the Pegasus. I don't know if it'll last. Here we are. It's year seven. I don't think it's going anywhere. It feels like it's growing in popularity. So, uh, yeah, it's it's you're going to have to juggle the Pegasus and his birthday for many years to come. Well, my hope is, not my hope, the plan will be is once they're he's older, they're older, and they are into it, and they, they'll go with me. You know, we'll just say, hey, for your birthday, let's just go. Let's go to the Pegasus. Let's, have, you know, so, uh, you know, they, once they get into it more. Um, but yeah, it, it was the joke was, you know, I, uh, Cohen was born on, on the week of, it wasn't actually the day of, but the week of uh, the Travers, the year the Airgate just went crazy. And, and of course, the rest is history for him. And then the joke was once Cooper was born on the day of uh, the, uh, of the Pegasus was on the undercard of, uh, what I always forget his name. What was that? Hidden Scroll. Yeah, Hidden Scroll, and that, you're like, oh, here we go, Not like another free course on on the same week of uh, of the boys' birthdays. Of course, he kind of he didn't pan out too much, but yeah. uh, uh, Samich, yes, found Bowser. How about that? So, and I, I had to resort, had to get help. Um, my sister. I I, uh, I hired her to go to some McDonald's in different towns, <laughs> and we were able to find uh, two Bowsers actually. So the boys, and you know what, the, it's what's any going with kids, and I'm sure Samich, you know this, but it's like if they got they may have played with it that day, and that's it. I don't know that we've played with it again. You know, it's like we, it's almost like we got it, and then now we're back to playing with 500 different items that we that aren't Bowser related. So it's. Anywhere his weekend or his birthday's this weekend, so it's like that. And all the new toys, that Bowser will maybe never be seen again. 
after That's all that. Thing. He should have wrapped it up for his birthday, and maybe <laughs> he would have gotten a couple of weeks out of it. But no, it's going to get lost in the shuffle now. But you know, that's that's what you do as a parent, right? You gotta right. you gotta just set make them like, all right, we found it, check it off the list, and wait for another thing to gripe about um, in, in this in the uh, <laughs> in the upcoming. I had something that I was gonna um, I had something I was gonna ask you. I'll let it come to me. It was I feel like it was an important um, important question, but we'll get to it. Um, yeah, let's get to the the weekend here because yeah, blinkers off after dark. Good good uh, good evening, Shoddy. Um, it's been a day. We've been working on the guide. We've been uh, of course all the different shows. The Magic Mike was a little bit earlier, um, so we've kind of spaced them apart here and gonna let everybody, you know, got my got my whiskey here and everyone hopefully doing the same. Uh, Michael says uh, the guide looks good. Yeah, the guide. That's what I was gonna say. The guide um is out now the pegasus uh world cup wagering guide now available at racingnews.com just go to the products page there you'll see it if you are a monthly subscriber it is free in your dashboard if you go and buy the guide don't email us asking where it's at go into your dashboard it's in there just download the guide 19 pages covers the entire card uh at gulfstream park on saturday of course including the three pegasus races um you know, we, I don't want to jinx it and I, I know I'm going to, but we are a perfect six for six in the Pegasus World Cup so far and since its inception, seventh annual this year. In terms of the actual Pegasus race, six for six, we've never missed one of these, uh, picking against some favorites there, here and there. We've also, of course, won with some favorites uh, as well. But can we keep this going? Can we go seven for seven, Halsman? And this, this might be the biggest pressure yet um, because we don't really have, even though cyber knife is probably a deserving favorite. We don't have a standout this year. Like we've had in years past that you feel like you can either try to beat or you got to play. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I, I think there's been another, you know, it, it kind of feels like a mucho gusto type of year. You know, that year we didn't really have a standout either, uh, but we definitely don't have a gun runner or, or, or uh, a life is good or an area that's for sure but said we've got a very very good field so that's that's the good news uh it'll be a little tougher to hit this one but you know as we get closer i i start to feel more and more confident in who i picked so let's get to it let's see who we picked yeah i mean let's just quit wasting time today's show we're gonna preview the three million dollar pegasus world cup the one million dollar pegasus world cup turf and the $500,000 Pegasus World Cup Philly and Mare Turf all at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. Then we're going to give picks. We're going to Oakland, the $750,000. How about that? They bring it, man. It's like, you know, all these tracks you see, like if it's a, if a stakes race at this level at this time for a Kentucky Derby prep, it's like $100,000, $150,000, maybe $200,000 at best. $750,000 Southwest Stakes at Oakland Park. Of course, a 2023 Kentucky Derby prep let's go if you're visiting oakland park make sure to stop by that casino so we can keep funding those purses <laughs> there's a reason why the purses are awesome because mm-hmm. people go in and bet <laughs> and the casinos i mean look at the freaking they build a monstrosity out there there's a slot machine with your name on it just go check it out in between the races do you work for Oakland? <laughs> no. I feel like a lot's changed since we've uh, since we started going to Oakland. Uh, it's yes, <laughs> a lot has changed. 
It's a holy. I mean, it doesn't even doesn't even look like the same place, but you know, funsies purses. I mean, I I, I don't I want to say is the wood memorial is it? It's like seven hundred fifty thousand, isn't it now? Or maybe it is, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like that's that's their their highlight. I mean, before you know it, the the Arkansas Derby is going to be the, the worth the same amount as the freaking Pegasus at three million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I think the Southwest was. 150 when I first started going, or maybe 250. Could have been 250, actually. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, you know, just, I mean, people want to, you know, bitch about it or whatever. It's just like props to them to, you know, like, and we'll get to it here in a second, but it's, you know, I, I do think there's some, some question marks and, and you kind of wonder, it's not really Bob Baffert's MO to bring like one of his, heavy duty top shooters into the Southwest. We don't, it's normally the rebel in Arkansas Derby, but you kind of begin to wonder, well, at $750,000, can you afford not to do it? So uh, it, it adds a little bit of intrigue as we see these purses continue. Um, see the, 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 the comments are popping off here, all asking questions about, of course, the Pegasus. So we'll just get, jump right into this thing. And they're off in the Pegasus World Cup. Gulfstream Park on Saturday, the highlight race, of course. Race 13, the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, grade one, $3 million, four-year-olds and up, going one and one-eighth miles. Field of 12 lines up here, led by your favorite at 5-2, to two, number 10, Cyberknife, making his last career start before heading off to stud. He's had a hell of a year, I guess, last year as a three-year-old um, you know, of course, winning that said Arkansas Derby we mentioned earlier had just kind of was steady all year long. Even the races he lost, he ran really, really well. Um, really didn't have many stinkers at all, at all all year long. And he looks to kind of round out his career at and win a race like this uh, for Brad Cox. But you know, it's not going to be easy because he's got a. Even though he does seem like a clear horse to to pick here, but proxy in here at nine to two. You've got five to one on Skippy Longstocking. You got Baffert bringing in Defunded at six to one, who's very interesting from a pace standpoint. And Wide Barrio, who, you know, at 10 to one, I get it, but this horse, <laughs> he, you want to talk about a horse for course. It's this horse. White Barrio loves Goldstream Park. Halterman, let's talk first. Cyberknife. It, it definitely seems like it's his race to lose. Yeah, he's a deserving favorite without any doubt. And I just feel like when it comes to Cyberknife, the one thing you can count on with him uh, since the Kentucky Derby anyway, he shows up, right? And he's been in better races uh, more consistently than anybody else in this race. And so I think it starts and runs through him. I think the post position for Cyberknife is going to be a little bit of a problem. But, you know, the one thing I like about it, I don't, particularly have a lot of confidence in his jockey, but this horse has kind of done a little bit of everything during his career. Hasn't he? Like he set the pace. He's come from way out of it. He's stocked. That versatility will help him with this outside post. So that's not to say he's not going to get hung wide and you know, that that could definitely happen, but he's versatile enough. I think he'll do what Flo asks him to do. Now, what they ask him to do is still in question. I get it, but his versatility makes me feel a little bit better about that outside post to the 10 hole. Um, the other thing that makes me feel good about him is 
he's kind of beat most of these horses already, hasn't he? And he's kind of proven he's better than most of them on the racetrack already. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know that, you know, Skippy definitely didn't show up that day in the Pennsylvania Derby, but, you know, neither did Cyberknife, uh, frankly. Um, you know, so you, you that one was kind of a wash, and, you know, it's, you still kind of wonder what those two kind of matching up maybe in a similar race like this that maybe they can not have a lot of excuses. But I agree. I mean, in terms of um, uh, kind of the head-to-head or especially certain of, uh, body of work, I mean, Cyberknife has done very little wrong. I mean, really the only time, like I said, in the, in the opening, the only time he never showed up was the Kentucky Derby. And I think we can all agree that we can just kind of toss that race in a general sense, because there's been a lot of horses that have ran in that race that didn't show up that day that, um, that have come back to run well, Taba being one of those. And of course, horses that ran really well that day that didn't after that. So um, I think you can just kind of walk, throw that away, but yeah, cyber knife, I think is, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, is it the dirt mile, the hanging job, or is it, uh, you know, the, the lack of wins in those last, you know, wait, wait, you know, wait. Back, you know, even though he won the Haskell, I mean, shit, Taba should have won that. Wait, wait. Did you just call his dirt mile a hang job? Dirt mile. He hung. Oh he hung. my God. That is a wild statement. I mean, beyond wild. How, wow. How did he not, how did he not hold on? Cody's wish. He Jesus hung. Christ. He came back and re-rallied twice to take the lead and got nosed out at the wire. I mean, to Cody's wish, holy shit, that's a wild statement. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any better definition than a horse that had the lead um, at the top of the stretch and and battled and couldn't quite get. I mean, I agree, he, he fought, but you, you got to win that race if you uh, uh, if you're not going to hang there. So, you know, there's a horse that he should have, you probably should have lost the Haskell. Uh, you know, Taba, of course, that was his first race back, but he won. But I don't know if it's like you know, he didn't win the Travers, he didn't win the Pennsylvania Derby, he didn't win the Breeders' Cup. So it's hard for me to kind of have the confidence and say, well, now he's going to win this mile and eighth race. That's obviously the biggest race. I, I at the time, I and I, I, I don't know if it changed. I feel like at the Breeders' Cup wasn't when he went in the Breeders' Cup wasn't the thought that that was going to be his last race. Uh, I, I don't know if it was ever really confirmed. It was kind of the speculation that that was going to be his last race. Um, you know, he has lost some 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 tough ones, right? But I guess my rebuttal is let's let's go post Kentucky Derby. You know, he wins a bat win. That's not much of a field. He beat Taba in the Haskell. I think Taba's the favorite in this race, without any doubt. If he's here, he he got second in the Travers, defeated by Epicenter. Epicenter's the favorite in this race, without any doubt. He did get beat again by – he got uh, – Taba turned the tables in the Pennsylvania Derby. Again, Taba's the favorite if he's in this race. I think Cody's Wish is probably the favorite if he's in this race. So I think the horses he's lost to are better than what he is going to see here. And that's kind of my main thing. I'm not like, wow, Cyberknife is fantastic. I just – he just seems to be a little bit better – than what this field brings, which means a couple of things. The post is going to have to hurt him, or we're going to have a couple of horses that are maybe getting a little bit better, or we kind of got the one unknown. And I think Baffert's horse defunded is kind of that one unknown horse because he hasn't really faced any of these horses before. Yeah, let's we can 
Yeah, we'll, we'll use that as a transition. We'll stop talking about the hanger cyber knife and we'll move over to the five defunded. Defunded is a horse that is all or nothing. You know, he's been a horse that, you know, you and I picked him. When was that? Was that the, I think it was the Pat Day Mile um, mm-hmm. where we really liked him that day. And it was just a horrific, horrific trip. Um, but he's still, you know, from from then on, it was kind of like you you got a really good performance out of him, or it wasn't just he kind of was just it was a little lackluster. And the one danger here is loose on the lead. Can't, you know, he clearly is the speed of the race. Bob Baffert ships him in. Irad Ortiz gets the mount. I don't know that there's a lot of question marks in terms of what the plan might be with a horse like Defunded. It's just a matter of is he good enough to actually. You know, I guess you could use the same argument with with the argument for Cyberknife. Well, none of these horses are like world beaters either. So couldn't Defunded just get on the lead and not want to get past? thousand percent. I think he's very dangerous in here. Uh, I think you got to play him in the multi-races. I'm kind of with you. Like, it's almost like playing him in the multis, but if you're like, don't key him in second in an exacta. Because I think he goes gate to wire or he gets like third or fourth. Or, you know, I, I don't think he's – I don't quite – think he's all or nothing but i think if he loses he might end up fading but the thing about him is he just hasn't matched up with anybody that you're like okay it's a common opponent to who is in this race here right he's won two races in a row pretty impressively at at santa anita and del mar i mean those fields weren't great azul coast and new grange chasing him home last time out you know, country grammar, who was really not good in that awesome again, slow down Andy, horses like that. But look, he's going to go right to the front. I don't think there's any doubt. I think he's the most, he's the fastest horse in the race. I think there's some other horses that are kind of going to give him a little bit of company, but I don't think there's anybody quite as fast as him. He's my biggest worry. I mean, I think he can take him gate to wire. I don't know what kind of price you're going to get on him. If you can get six to one, that's definitely good enough to play him. So isn't is isn't the horse that you'd be most worried about? I guess pushing him too much. If you do like to fund it, is is the horse right to his outside number six, Art Collector? Yeah, I think. Look, Art Collector, his only chance is to kind of send. I, I, you know, I don't really think he's going to stock the pace and win. He's going to have to get out there with him. He should get out there with him. I don't trust Art Collector. I'm not quite sure he's as fast as Defunded. The other one would be riding with Biden, the three horse, and that's another one. Do you trust him, right? So those horses really need to get up there and do the job uh, to kind of set it up. If, if you like, you know, a Skippy or a White Abario or a Cyberknife, because those are kind of the ones that you're going to be thinking, okay, they're going to be sitting right there in that next flight of horses. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to send even like a Stiletto Boy from the outside post. Maybe they try to send him a little bit. Of course, got third in this race last year. Didn't send with life is good, obviously, but sat kind of in that second group. So those are the kind of the three, the three, the six, the 11. They're going to have to push to funded. If they don't, the funded's going to be tough to catch on this track. Well, my biggest thing was, you know, we've only, you know, we've only seen six runnings, obviously, of this. But, you know, the last two, it was it was, you know, wire to wire. But those were serious speed horses and Nick's go and life is good. I mean, there was no question about what the tactic was and no question about who was the fastest in the race and, you know, and how the class and, you know, et cetera. Um, and then, but previously in, in, in other years of, of the race, even though they've been close, every horse that wins this thing is, is a more of a, 
stock and pounce, you know, a little bit there and then, then they go. And I just, I just don't know that defunded is like that Baffert type of speed Colt that we're like worried about going gate to wire. Now, I think given that it is Bob Baffert, that's what makes you worried um, that he could come in. I just, it's like, we have, you don't, you don't hear a lot about defunded. It's not like he's been this world-class horse and he brings him in. I just, I'm not going to be surprised if he wins, but I I am going to try to try to be, I'm playing him in my, you know, in the exotics or in my multis just for that safety factor, but in the actual race, how I'm betting it, I'm going to try to beat him. Yeah. It's it. He is. That's the thing. Like you just, you don't hear a lot about him. He could have went to the breeders cup. Like he won a breeders cup win in your end. He didn't go. I don't know. I just, it's a, it's a situation where this is the right field for him. Like there's not any real great horses in here, but there are a couple of red flags with him, but there are a couple of green flags. We're shipping all the way over here. Why are we doing that? We're getting Irad Ortiz. That's a good sign. And, you know, of course, the Baffert thing. So it, I, I went back and forth with him. There was a time I had to fund it on top in this race. I ended up, you know, moving him down just a bit. But I, I can't talk you off to fund it if you're going to play him. I mean, he, he makes a lot of sense. I'd be very surprised. Let's put it this way. Um, if top of the stretch he's we're not sitting there thinking okay here you know let's see if he can hold on you know and, and see who's coming um talking about horses coming into their own nick you know defunded is definitely won the last two rate winning the last two races and kind of seemingly getting a little bit more consistent um a little more tactical that showed a little bit more tactical uh being tactical in that native diver but you look at a horse like number one proxy who's going to be bet in this race you know, kind of has been notoriously known as a horse that runs well. He's kind of the, um, you know, likes to run well, but not quite finish the job kind of horse. But the last two efforts have been quite impressive. You know, lost in the Stephen Foster, but ran a big number that day to Olympiad and American Revolution. Of course, Olympiad ran very well um, later in the year. Uh, had a great year, in, uh, but also, of course, ran well in the Breeders' Cup, all things considered. Not If you don't compare it to, to Flightline. And then won the Clark and looked really good in the Clark. And, and so it's like maybe he's coming into his own a little. I'm not buying him. I'm just not buying him. Um, could he hit the board? I think I think that's a yes. I didn't play him, though. I, I just I can't do it. Um, going to come from off of it. And I think, again, he, he's going to be pace dependent. They're going to have to help him up front a little bit, which they could do it. But. I just, I just couldn't buy him. He's been way too, you know, inconsistent for me. Sure, he did win the Clark. He won it by three quarters of a length. These, these horses in that race, they just left a lot to be desired. And, and now, you know, here we are. Like Stephen Foster, yeah, he, he kind of did what he always did. He got beat five lengths. You know, he got beat by Danette, but Dynamic won. He's gotten beat by Scalding. You know, I mean, I just don't think he's quite good enough. And that's where I kind of fell for him. If he wins, I'm going to lose. I think Nick has got it right. Proxy underneath. If you're going to use him, let that horse beat. In my opinion, let that horse beat you. If I, if he wins this thing, if he, if this horse can't win these races pretty much notoriously all year in his career and he comes and wins the Pegasus, then it's just like, well, good for him. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to get there with him. All right. Let's talk about two horses that, are very much horse for courses, but have not been good since said courses, you know, since leaving Goldstream mm -hmm. Park and that simplification in white Abario. You know, those are two horses that 
on that circuit last year, of course, in the Holy Bull, the Fountain of Youth, and uh, in the Florida Derby. Both those horses really traded punches and 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 ran really well. All those three uh, prep races, of course, Wide Barrio, um, you know, I guess maybe has done a little bit more overall winning that big you know of course if you win um the florida derby but you know we haven't seen anything i mean ohio derby was second uh third in the cigar mile i guess that's something uh but him is maybe he's been a little bit better simplification has just not been good at all um frankly since then so do you trust can they get i mean are these dangers at all because we are back at goldstream park especially white barrio who definitely uh loves this track Okay, let's start with White Barrio. Does he like Gulfstream or does he like the competition he's faced at Gulfstream? That's the hang-up with him, right? I agree he's dangerous here. I mean, I've got him in the top four, but he's fourth because I just I don't know if it's a situation, oh, he's home and it's going to all work out, or if it was just like, yeah, well, he ran really well at Gulfstream when he was beaten simplification. You know, um, now uh, he did beat Mo Donegal, but he beat him at a mile and 16th short stretch. We talked about that a lot at the Holy Bull last year. It was just not the right race for Mo Donegal. He got better. He did beat Charge It, but Charge It, it was like his first stakes race. And, you know, there was a lot. He was an idiot that that day. Um, I would have liked to have seen him run a little bit better in some of his other spots. I do think he's rounding back into form. I do think one red flag is Irad is not riding this horse. He rode him last time in Cigar Mile. He did very well on him, almost got the job done. He's jumping on Defunded. I thought that was a little bit of a negative, um, but he's working well. I get it. He's another one. I'm not, I don't really want to talk you off, Whitebarrow, if you've got him picked. I just saw a couple of red flags that I didn't like. I mean, I, you know, T Gaff is back. The horse, you know, he he rode him in the Derby. Of course, one ran or rode him in the Florida Derby and the Holy Bull. Those those wins as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, you look at the horses he beat, like you kind of mentioned. You know, Tawny Ford beat him in the Ohio Derby. Um, of course, he got smoked in the Haskell uh, by Cyberknife, Tava, Jack Christopher. All those um, got smoked in the Pennsylvania Derby, and and you know, again. Yeah, couldn't win the cigar mile and i mean no offense to get her number in my control but it's like i'm with you i do think the horse is coming a little bit back you know into his own he was really bad there uh you know in the summer there after kind of running well at Gulfstream. but maybe that's good the key you know the, the perfect party needs you know to, to kind of round into form and come back home um i think he's gonna I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it interesting, but him winning, I'm definitely going to try to beat and, and, and not even try to beat. I just think he will get beat. There, there's, there's a lot worse 10 to one shots you can play. I'll say that. Like he makes sense at a number. And so that's why I'm not going to talk anybody off of him. Um, and I'll have him used underneath and stuff for sure. The other Safi horse is Skippy Longstocking, the seven that you were talking about. This one seems to be getting better with every race. This one, you know, you remember him as as the three year old. God, he ran tough, you know, in the in the Belmont, and he won the West Virginia Derby. Now he no showed the the Pennsylvania Derby, no doubt. He bounced back. Harlan's Holiday to end his season on New Year's Eve. He ran extremely well, so he might be the one rounding in to form the best. And uh, look, another one though. Irad was on, and he jumps to defunded. So 
it's not the greatest sign in the world, but Skippy Longstocking is a dangerous horse here. I, I think he's getting better. I tend to like him a little bit better than the other Safi runner. Yeah, I don't know what it is about him, but for some reason, and I mean, I guess for good reason, but that that Belmont has stuck with me ever since that Belmont. Because I just thought he did so much of the heavy lifting that day and really, I don't want to say save the day, but he just really did all he could to kind of set that race up perfectly um, for Mo Donegal and, and Nested, and then continued to hold on and get third in that, that day. Of course, you said we bounced back, won the West Virginia Derby. In that last race, the Harlan's Holiday, I mean, he looked, that's what did it for me. He looked super impressive. Now I get it. Ira jumps, uh, jumps off. You get Jose. I think that's a nice sign. Um, who, uh, when Safi and him team up, they do quite well. Been working well. I'm with you. I, I think this race, the way I see this race unfolding, is defunded in maybe the likes of one or two others. We'll see, but you know, defunded being the the, the most real speed go out there, and you have Skippy Longstocking, and you've got Cyberknife, who definitely like to do that kind of stalking press and stock trip. Um, I think they're going to sit, you know, they're going to, they're both outside of that speed. They're going to sit nice trips. They're both going to uh, make a run uh, coming from home. And I, I just, I'm banking on the fact that Skippy has that maybe had a little bit softer schedule and maybe he is rounding into form um, and maybe not even rounding into form coming into it, maybe into better than he's ever been. Um, so Skippy Longstocking at five to one, I think is going to, who is going to be my top pick of the race. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. I I, I think it's a pretty good pick. Uh, I, I singled him the day in the Harlan's Holiday when he ran. I, I I really liked him in that spot. And oddly enough, his stablemate took all the money, which is O'Connor, the tin horse who's in this race, who I didn't like that day and I don't like this day either. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just I, – I feel like – you know, earlier, like as a three-year-old in those middle races, like West Virginia Derby, that's him, right? He couldn't step up to this kind of level. It seems like he's ready to do it now, you know? Um, but, you know, if you want to transition into top picks, if you're going Skippy, I got to go the horse that has proven he could do it. I, I just think Cyberknife is just a bit better than the field. I am not thrilled with his post but I think he's going to work out a trip. So I took Cyberknife. I, I, I think he's the class of the field. Don't you kind of agree that the way we're going to, you know, the way it's going to unfold that, you know, we're going to, you know, you're going to have Cyberknife. I have Skippy, um, but they turn for home and and there's the funded kind of, you know, towards the inside of the, you know, near the rail or making his, you know, making his case there, making his run. And here comes the 10 and here comes the seven and they're both right there. And it's just a matter of who can finish um and, and see if either one of them can get by defunded uh but I, I definitely feel like both of those horses will kind of sit the trip um both have shown to possess you know fast early speed fast enough early speed to to keep them in the race and you know one thing about skippy is that i look you know it's like when safi's got him when this horse has ran really nice races he tends to to back that up again once again now again the pennsylvania derby that was um you know, that was the outlier. He also had a little bit of a break um, after that race, got him freshened up a little bit. So I think we're going to see another good performance out of him, and, and hopefully it's good enough to win. So I don't blame you for picking Cyberknife. Um, I think the for me, I couldn't 
He'll probably. What do you think he's going to be? Do you think he's? I mean, eight to five, two to one, somewhere in there. Well, it's hard to hard to tell. Uh, I, I think yes, probably eight to five, nine to five would, would be the number. And I get that. Hey, that's not a flashy number, but I, I just think he's a little bit better. And I think your your kind of scenario is probably how it's going to go. You know, I also look at Cyberknife from this tin hole. He can outbreak the two horses to his inside, so that kind of puts him in the eight path. You know a couple of horses are going to clear him. He really shouldn't be any more than about three wide on that first turn. He really shouldn't. So that's the key. If he's three wide on the first turn, sitting, let's say, two, three lengths behind, I think he gets the job done, and I don't think it'll be too difficult for him, honestly. I think he gets in trouble if he misses the break and he's hung wide or he's too shuffled too far back. I think if he's sitting in that catbird seat, I think they will have trouble holding him off in the stretch. I will say this. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. It makes sense. I'd be very surprised if, if uh, he doesn't run cyber knife doesn't run extremely well. And in, in, even if he loses, I, he'll run well. I mean, it's his last race. He's ran well, really, his whole career. Brad Cox has uh, just loves the way this horse is, uh, looks right now, and, and he's, you know he's going to be, you know he's going to be geared up. So it's just a matter. of, I mean, so if like, if, you know, Skippy, it's like I, I think he'll run well. I think he's going to run really well, but yeah. he also could not, right? Because he doesn't have that class that Cyberknife has demonstrated all year long. So if you want more of a confidence like hey i think he's gonna run his race just a matter if he's good enough it's probably cyber knife i want to bring up a horse because i've seen a pop up a lot in the chat here and given his price i guess we at least need to mention him. number eight get her number a lot of people have been talking about this horse um here in the chat tonight you know last out got second to mind control in that cigar mile sias rode him that day and sias stays put for peter miller i met i can you make a case for him or do you think this is just, I mean, I guess his numbers, he's shown that he's ran okay numbers in the past, but this would be a huge step up for him to win here. I think, you know, I, I think I'm not, he's again, he's another one. I'm not going to talk anybody off. Now, listen, if you're giving me last samurai, I'll talk you off. Right. But if you're giving me get her number, it makes sense. Ran pretty well uh, last time out. Just couldn't quite get there, but still ran a very respectable race without any question. And then two races back, get her number beat Ginobili. Ginobili came back and ran very, very well and won the fifth season at Oakland Park. So that's a good sign as well. I have trouble. I don't know about the distance for this horse. I don't know if this horse is a really a mile and an eighth type. And that's kind of where my pause is uh, with get her number. Um, but I, I wouldn't talk you off. You're going to get the right price. You got a great trainer. You got a great jockey. And it's a race where say a cyber knife and a skippy kind of have weird trips. It's real, really wide open, really, really fast and get her numbers. One that, that makes sense. Um, I personally did not play get her number. I I don't hate it though. Yeah. I don't know. The, to me, it's just, it's hard to get there with the horse, like to think that this horse is going to be able to, to stretch out um, as, you know, only tried this distance once and it was no good. And um you know, just to, to not only to, to stretch out, but have to run down a few horses and outrun and outrun horses like Cyberknife and Skippy and, you know, whoever, you know, White Abario, whoever it is you might like. It just seems there's a lot of 
factors there that's going to have to to happen in order for Gitter number to win. But uh, so that that's why I played against as well. But all right, top pick of the Pegasus World Cup. I've got Skippy Longstocking, and you've got Cyberknife. Cyberknife. All right, let's go two races um prior let's just go to the next the race prior and we'll just work our way that way the race 12 the race prior to the pegasus world cup the pegasus world cup turf and they're off in the pegasus world cup turf uh, grade one million dollars for four yards and up going a mile and eighth on the turf uh field of 12 uh lines up here halterman and you know it's not you know it's not the who's who's of, of turf horses uh showing up here but it's a competitive i mean let's first of all i think it needs to be said and i'll let you you mentioned it as well because you brought it to my attention when you you looked at the card before I did. It's an incredibly difficult card, top to bottom, and even the Pegasus, as, as you can tell from us talking about it. The stakes, the non-stakes, the whole card is so tough. Don't be afraid to take shots. They're very evenly matched, seemingly in every race, and that's why you're seeing these odds just kind of Nothing too crazy um, as far as low odds. And, and it just seems like every race is very wide open. So you look at a race like this and, and Ivar is your five to two favorite and maybe deservingly so, but really is he deservingly so a favorite of this race? So it's just kind of, it's that kind of day. Four to one on City Man, six to one on Lady Spike Spear, you know, eight to one on Wit. Can, can Todd Fletcher win this race for, what is that, third year, right? Third year mm-hmm. in a row. Mm-hmm. Went with Caroline on the last two. I mean, what? How do you make sense of this card in, in this race? Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, one of those days, and you could see like from the last race, there were six or seven or eight different horses brought up in our chat, and it's like, yeah, I get it, because you can make an angle and case for a lot of them because they look a lot alike, and this is the same thing. I mean, we're talking about it for two minutes, and we got like seven different horses in the chat again, and it's it's not a situation where you any of us considering going to that's dumb, that's stupid, don't do that. It's like, yeah, there's cases to be made. Look, I love City Man in this spot. I just think City Man is coming into this race fantastic. I thought his race last time out in the local prep for this, Fort Lauderdale, was really, really good. I thought Rosario gave him a pretty shitty ride, honestly, had him covered up for a lot of the race. When that horse got free, it was over, and he could have dominated and won by a lot more than he did. He's another one. The trip is kind of going to be tricky here. That's going to be a little bit of a problem. It's a longer run into the first turn on the turf going a mile and an eighth. So that's a good thing, but he's going to have to work out a trip. I get it. I just really like city man in this spot. Winner of three in a row. There's not any real world beaters in here. I like his tactical speed a lot. And, you know, a horse like Ivar, I just don't trust him to win. I think he's going to show up and run great. I don't trust him to win though. Um, and then I almost put number six, Lady Spike Spear, on top. I really like her as well. But in the end, I, I think City Man is the one to beat here. I, I really like how he's coming into this race. Well, I think I mean I think you have to. It might you just, like like I said, like Ivar probably you know seems classy, maybe deserves to be the favorite. But I think at five to two, you have to play against Ivar. Ivar's won one race since that Shadwell turf um, back in 2020. And that was a listed stakes race in Indiana. Yeah. Now to his credit, like you mentioned, he runs all, he runs great every time. I mean, really, he, 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 he does. He, he got, he got, is, he got third, ran a good third in the Brewers cup mile last year. Um, you know, the Woodbine mile, he got second, the turf mile, he got second. He ran a good fourth. 
uh, was second by just barely by second in, in the Brewers Cup mile uh, this past year. Like he runs every time. And that's why, to your point, like you, I think you have to use him underneath and key him everywhere but on top because him kind of showing up here. And I think it's in his price. If he's 10 to 1, I think he's a lot more appealing, even though I, I might get suckered into him. Let's just put it that way at that price. But at 5 to 2, I think it's all the reason to try to beat him. Um, and so, yeah, I think City Man here winning the last three races, four of his last five, it seems like this horse is just gearing up on all cylinders coming into this race been working uh, unbelievable well and you know came, came to Goldstream Park last time out in December in the Fort Lauderdale and really looked impressive got that Goldstream Park turf experience there likes his distance six starts two wins two seconds I think he's going to be really tough to beat the, the post position to your point is tricky but he does have enough speed early in these races where I think Rosario can get him in position yeah, he, he can be tactical, there's no doubt. Uh, he can also, if he has to, he can come from out of it. We don't want to get too far behind, and that's the worry. If he doesn't break well or anything, does Rosario take him way too damn far back? I mean, I could see that happening. But, you know, end of the day, I think he's the one that's going to get a pretty good stocking trip. I, I think there's enough speed that as long as he kind of keeps those those front runners in range, he can go get them. So, um, you know, another horse that I think is interesting is the number three Atone. He can he can set the pace here, right? He could take him gate to wire. He did it last time out in an allowance race. But my problem with Atone, he tends to lose these kind of races in heartbreaking fashion. As my good friend Mike Samich understands, I think he's a maybe I'm a little worse with him, but I'm a sucker for a tone. I yeah, I know he likes him too. I picked him last year in this race. Um, I think he was, he was like ten to one that year. He's twelve to one this year on the morning line. But you know, and and honestly, at, at top of the stretch, I was like, here we go. He's running his race. He ran really well. He just he just kind of hung and got fourth. It wasn't a terrible effort, but it, you know, definitely didn't. Um, come close to winning, you know, fourth in the Maker's Mile. You know, he, he runs in grade ones. Um, he runs in grade twos. He, he runs kind of similar to what we talked about with um, Ivar, but Atone is a horse to me that looks like that last race with Maker. He just seems like a horse that's just dying to win one of these. And I just, I don't know if we're going to miss it or if he ever is going to get it done. But he definitely is dangerous in a race like this, being that I know he possesses quite a bit of early speed. But I'm with I have similar belief with with I with like I do with Ivar that I think he's gonna run well. I just don't think he's good enough to win. Yeah, I mean the scary thing with Ivar, I, somebody said, hey, this is a grade one in, in name only. Well, one horse that is a legit grade one horse is Ivar. Like he has hit the board, been close in a lot of grade ones. So that's kind of the, hey, yeah, he, he can't win these kind of races, but is it that kind of race? Is this kind of like that listed stakes at Indiana? I mean, this is better than that, but kind of might hit him between the eyes. And so that's the scary thing about him. But I'm with you. I, I did not want to play Ivar to win at a short price. How about a potential another grade one caliber type horse, but on the Philly side? And that's number six, Lady Spike Spear, six to one morning line. You know, last time out w did finish third, a nice third in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf uh, at Keeneland. You know, and had had ran in a, a one. I think the Ginny Wiley was a great one that year, 
Um, finished third. Of course, got smoked by Regal Glory. But, uh, you know, a horse that, you know, wins grade threes, wins grade twos, ran well in the Breeders' Cup, is going to be somewhat early, uh, um, early you know, positioned um, in front, or close uh, close to the lead here. You know, I think is dangerous in this spot, uh, especially at that price. Luis Ayes stays aboard. What do you think of this one? I wish we would have seen her run that type of race before the Breeders' Cup as well at some point, right? I have no argument. She ran fantastic in that race. And if she runs that race again today or on Saturday, probably going to be your winner. But show me the other race that she's done something like that. That's where my problem lies. I'm playing the horse in the pick fours, pick fives, pick sixes. I could not put her on top. She's another one, though, guys. I had on top for a while and ended up changing it. I think she's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought she ran a hell of a race in the Breeders' Cup. Kind of like Michael's saying, like, Chase in Italian, who who ran great, um, definitely gets the, the the break there as well in the weight, being the Philly. But, yeah, I mean, to me, I do think she's capable of winning the race. Um, she's one of the few in here that I think can actually win versus only Keen um, underneath. So I do think she... If she runs to that race last time, she can win. Let's just put it that way. Oh, and, and that makes her that makes her usable because you can't if you if you think she, it's possible, and you've seen it in that last race. It, I guess you could argue that she can do it again. I think she will win if she runs that race. I'll go that far. Probably, again, yeah. Huge, huge jump she made that race, and she was thirty-two to one that day. I mean, she didn't win, but could that be the wedding? She ran a winning race, and now could this be the funeral? That would, That's my worry on her. But, again, couldn't talk anybody off of that horse. I think she's pretty darn good. Um, I know a horse, uh, you and I are – we talked a lot about, uh, of course, you know, make sure you guys go get that wagering guide at racingdudes.com. Halter and I were working on the bankroll, live bankroll, so you can see exactly what picks we're playing. Literally, we're playing um, – the live bankroll follow along with us, play the bit, the bets we like. Um, and we talked a lot about wit here and, you know, I kind of like, dude, what do you think of wit? Like I couldn't decide how, you know, is one of those horses that, like I mentioned, Todd Pletcher uh, has won this race the last couple of years, tries to do it again here. He, he's, I, I read some stuff today. I'm like, he likes this horse. And obviously since switching to turf, it definitely seems like wit has turned it around. So to speak, you know, it, it was, was, Obviously, very thought uh, sought after as a two-year-old on the dirt. Things didn't pan out. Was injured. Didn't come back till later. And then you know has ran well on the turf, and including uh, you know nearly winning at Keeneland in a Grade Three. Ran nearly won the Hollywood Derby at Grade One to uh, lost to Speaking Scout. But you know Wit is is you know a horse that on paper you want to think, man, if this thing collapses, Wit is going to be flying late. We know that that late kick. Do you trust Wit at all here? I don't. I don't. Uh, in the end, with Wit and Speaking Scout both, they're the they're the one three finishers out of that Hollywood Derby. I like them as horses for sure. I I kind of like okay, you're facing older horses now. You're gonna have to jump up. I need them to prove it to me before I back them in a race like this. I don't think they're quite as good as some of these top end horses that we have in here. Um, I think the jump is going to be a little bit too much. 
I, I think they're a little too far out. I, again, they're two horses. They, they do make sense. If you have them, you want to play them. Those two are not for me though. All right. Final picks here for the, uh, the Pegasus turf. Uh, I think you and I can agree. We're going all the way to the outside. Number 12 city man. And you know, in, in a car that's tough, I'm by no means saying this horse is a lock, but in a, in a very, very tough card, I believe he's one of the horses I can depend on the most to win. And, I, and it's a, it's a low standard because it's such a tough card, but you know what I mean? It, it's a situation where it feels like you can trust he's going to run well. If, if that's good enough or not, that's where the debate starts to come in. Obviously he's very consistent. He's going to turn for home. He's going to give you a chance. Let's just hope he gets it done. Yeah. And you might, you could look back and say, well, you know, the, the, the post position got him or whatever it is, but definitely has a feeling that he's going to run his race. And I think if he does, he'll be awfully tough to beat. All right, let's go to race 11, the race prior to Pegasus uh, World Cup Philly and Mare Turf. And they're off in the Pegasus World Cup Philly and Mare Turf. 500K, it's a grade three. Phillies and Mares foils and up one mile, mile and six, one sixteenth on the turf. Of course, this was introduced last year um, to the Pegasus uh, wagering in the Pegasus card. Delica Halterman at five to two. You know, in nine to five on Chantasera and nine to two on Queen Goddess. And, you know, it's in five to one on Wakanaka. You know, you do have not. I, to me, the nine to five on Chantasera is, I mean, I'm not saying she's not a good horse. It's it's because it's who it is. Chad Brown, it's Irad Ortiz, it's the connections, and then in, in a field that's not overly tough um, on paper, anyways. But Chantasera at nine to five, to me, that was tough to swallow. It's kind of where I landed on it as well. Uh, I have respect for. Not going to be shocked if Chantasera wins this race, but. I thought this horse was a little short. I, I didn't want to play nine to five on Chantasera. I went with number three, Wakanaka. And, you know, the last time they matched up, Wakanaka won and Chantasera was fifth. And we were right there at the Breeders' Cup. That was the race after the Classic. And I didn't really see too much of an excuse. I don't know. I mean, I kind of just felt like Wakanaka was a little bit better that day. Um, so I took Wakanaka right back here. I like the price. I, don't, I didn't really like Delica that much. I, I chance there I like, but not not enough uh, to play at nine to five. So I, I think Wakanaka is an interesting horse here. Oddly enough, her worst race ever in the United States came in this race last year, but it was her first race. Uh, you know, like I said, in this country, she matched up against Regal Glory, and she got six, beaten five lengths. Just could not get the job done there. Boy, after that, let's look at this. Got beat to in Italian, but was close to her in the next start. Lost to Speak of the Devil, who ran an unbelievable race at Churchill that day. And uh, uh, in Italian again. Then lost to Regal Glory. Then won. Then tried uh, boys in the Woodbine Mile. Got beat to Modern Games, you know. Yeah, Ivar. And the, Ivar, yeah. And then won. So, Scratch out when she tried boys. Scratch out her first race in the United States. She's either won or got beat by horses. It would probably be three to five in this spot. So I think five to one is more than fair on Wakanaka. I'll give her a shot here. First of all, I think it's funny because I, I had to 
You couldn't even, I don't think you could see this race after because of the, the flame, the, the smoke from the flames that Flightline left on the track were still looming. Yeah. You barely even see this race. I had to go back and watch this race when I was handicapping because I was like, I don't even remember this. I was there. I mean, I do remember. I remember it being ran, but it was just like our minds were everywhere but uh, yeah. at that point after Flightline. But yeah, to your point, I think when you look at the prices, five to one versus nine to five. I definitely like Wakanaka more so than Chantasera. She's tough because Chantasera, that is, because you, you know, you go going into that that race you mentioned with Wakanaka winning that day at Keeneland. This horse was really coming. This horse was a favorite that day. It was really coming into her own. It felt like you know one, uh, you know, at, at Keeneland just dusted them and then came back in the Ginny Wiley and and got beat by Regal Glory, who obviously is a great horse um who came back to win of course and then so it's like lots to like and then that race was just a stinker it was not good you know it wasn't great um and you, you kind of wonder what that was if she can come back and run at what she was running going into that race i agree i mean she will be incredibly dangerous she's got very uh kind of a tactical ability about her and i think she's but it just at that in the, in a race like this I couldn't justify trying to pound her at nine to five. And I think she'll be every bit of that. I, and I know this is one that you def you def didn't necessarily agree with me whenever we were making our picks earlier today. And I went with number six queen goddess and, you know, Michael McCarthy brings this horse in from, from out West and Sias gets, the, gets them out here, you know, coming in, winning two of, the, of her last three out, of course, at Santa Anita, you know, um, last time out, I thought was was pretty impressive here going gate to wire. She's shown that she can win off of it. She's uh, she's shown that she can go um, wire to wire. I I think for me, it's just a, it's more of a is she good enough? You know, she's obviously kind of been whipping up on them out there. But can she handle a race like this? That'll be the question. I hope we. I, I mean, I'm not going to play her much lower than nine to two, to be honest. But I do think. I don't necessarily agree or understand why there's not a lot of love for her. I, I think with me, I'll just speak for myself with her. I, I just don't play California turf horses when they ship East. That, that's what it is more than anything else. It's, it's just a hang up. I mean, a lot of us have it. It's not just me. I mean, you've, you've said that too before. Uh, but I think, you know, when we were talking earlier, you made the point of, look, getting size of boards, a really good sign. And it is. And, you just send her. You just send her and hope she can take him gate to wire. Um, there are days where this turf course, the speed really holds. And if it does, you got a little bit of a shot here with Queen Goddess. I, I don't hate it, but end of the day, I just, I, I see that Santa Anita. It's like, yeah, you're not usually coming to Gulfstream and winning races like this. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely get it. It's just you know, it's not like it's the toughest race. And so I, you know, I, True. I, I, I read some things about, uh, about her, you know, they definitely think she's live, but you know, it almost seemed like a, well, I, we think she's pretty good. We're just going to see, you know, I, I could see her, um, being tough and I could also see her, you could be like, ah, she just wasn't quite good enough. You know, I, I think she's going to give it a run. She likes this distance, three starts, two wins, um, one third at this distance. She hasn't obviously tried Gulfstream park, but, you know, McCarthy is a, you know, we know McCarthy when he sends horses over for this Pegasus car, they tend to run um, pretty well. We, of course, we've known that from years past. Uh, I've seen uh, some comments on 
just my justify my love thoughts on justify my love uh, for Lobo and Kat Solano. Yeah, I mean, gonna beat me if she wins. We're we're, we're jumping up. Uh, it took a couple of times to get her right. She did run a pretty good race last time out. This one's it's not for me. You know, it's not for me. Um, I, I don't think she's quite good enough in this spot. I, I think this is a horse that keep an eye out for. Her. I don't know if this is the good a good a good spot for her. And I think it's worth uh, talking about because I've seen some comments on um on her as well and obviously she's five to two number two delica you know the old seven-year-old is still going 31 starts in her career 1.4 million 10 wins in those 31 starts in seven seconds she's just she's still going man winning last time out in the cardinal at churchill downs you know she actually has won three of her last four races um including at kentucky downs as well She's she was also in that race that day at Keeneland. Did not run. She even she ran worse than uh, than she had to Sarah. So Delica five to two. That one to me seemed way too low to play her here. Yeah, I don't like her class. I don't like her class. Yes, she won the Grade One Beverly D. I think somebody mentioned it. That was kind of over the dirt almost. That was when Churchill had that awful turf course they tried to run that day, uh, and there was nobody that came. Anytime she's faced, you know, a little bit better competition, she hasn't ran very well. I I just think there's classier horses in here. I don't like her at all. Five to two. It is one end of the day. If she beats you, you look back and you go, God, that's stupid. She'd won three out of four kind of against, you know, similar as far as the graded company's concerned. And I'm an idiot, but I guess that's, that's what I'll have to be. If she wins, I, I did not have her on ticket. All right. Um, I need, I need some intervention maybe and maybe someone to, to give me just one uh, positive sign, just, just positive note to say about her. I I wouldn't say I almost picked her to win, but I definitely thought about it and looked at her quite extensively and I will be using her underneath. And that's number four, sweet enough. This will be a horse I'll be using in any kind of tournaments if I'm playing those. Just, I don't know, it's something about her. You know, this horse is obviously came from overseas, was running well overseas on the turf. Switched uh, here to the Atfield Barn, ran really poorly uh, in the first start on the turf. Then he tried her on synthetic at Woodbine. That didn't go well. Then back to turf last time out at Gulfstream Park and ran really well, I thought. Um, pretty impressive there, came from out of it. If this thing goes crazy and maybe there's you know some come, horses come running late, is there any way you can think this horse can at least make it uh, kind of close enough to get hit the board and maybe make a run at winning this thing? Well, there's several positives, honestly. Uh, getting better with every start, right? I mean, that's that's good. That's good. Okay, we're starting, Jared, <laughs> one for one. Uh, a win over this track, okay, two for two. Much better over this track than the first two that she tried. So there are definitely positives. I, I don't know. I... I don't know. I, I I think she's just a cut below. That's where I kind of landed on her. But I don't think she's going to drop way back, right? So if the pace does kind of end up being slow, she's at least in a position where she could strike early, uh, earlier than the closers, I should say. So I don't absolutely hate it. And like I said, for like a tournament horse, I think this one makes sense. I mean, and that's just it. Like she's clearly a uh, you know not in this class level she hasn't shown it yet and you know i don't know if that you know she was obviously running a lot of stakes big stakes races overseas 
got to think that the hopes was to to do that and of course did not run well on debut uh, over here and again like you said kind of getting better we don't even know what she is really and uh, so far she's clearly not good enough but you know I, in a hor- for a race that you if you're trying to get crazy there's i think she makes a lot of sense um in a few ways but obviously it's going to have to improve greatly i'm not picking her i'm not crazy enough to pick her on top but i will be using her underneath uh number six queen goddess is my top pick and halterman yours is i'm gonna go number three wakanaka wakanaka all right guys let's go to that's a wrap for goldstream parkour so we have eight stakes races on the card um we just talked about three of them go get the wagering guide at racingdudes.com if you want our full analysis of every not just every stakes but every race on the card and of course if you want um the picks that halterman and i have kind of we work together we throw you know i throw horses like that at them we kind of go back and forth um and we work out our tickets and we show you exactly what we'll be playing our live bankroll i believe we had um uh, what i believe is like a budget or our, our our overall bankroll was like 212 bucks i think for this year's um not a lot of win bets none to be honest um because we feel like there's a lot of value in these races you just got to hit one or two um to make this thing go so make sure you go get the uh, the bankroll article on in our wagering guide at racingnews.com available right now all right halterman are you uh you know it's not just about uh about paces this weekend it's we also have a derby prep um on our hand and that of course is at oaklawn park for the southwest stakes and very in the southwest stakes this is a doozy of one too it's not like just you know oh they're also running a prep race this weekend no it's the southwest stakes seven hundred fifty thousand dollars three-year-olds mile 16th 20 points for the winner unless it's a certain horse 28 6 4 2 for your top five finishers and that horse is your even money favorite number six arabian night for bob baffert takes takes the cover off brings the horse out to oakland park for the stakes debut, the two-turn debut. A lot of horses making two-turn debuts in this race. Even money on Bob Baffert uh, at Oakland Park. We've seen that before. But the Southwest isn't something he's normally known for bringing horses in, especially as good ones. So Arabian Night, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be interesting. It's kind of, I said at the top of the show, okay, we've kind of had preps where it's like, yeah, we know this horse is decent or maybe a little above average. But we don't really think, you know, it's like a great horse. It's like solid, kind of the barometer type of horse. We could have a great horse in this field, and that's what makes it exciting. Now we could not, too, but I think the at least the potential is there. Arabian Night is certainly that. I mean, ran so well on debut. The second-place horse, determinedly, has come back to win twice. So that's a good sign. The rest of that field hasn't done much, but... Arabian night was like 14 links ahead of the rest of the field after determinedly. So that's the good news there. All systems go, you know, I, I just feel like stretching out to two turns pedigree wise going a mile 16th. Shouldn't be a problem. I think you just send him and say, catch me if you can. That's how Baffert Baffert usually wins. Most of these prep races at Oakland park. I'll be shocked if he's not on the lead. Come get him. I don't know if they will. I really like Arabian night in the spot. It seems like a perfect spot. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, you know, being an owner of Corona Bolt in, in our fantasy league, very excited to see him here. I definitely think he's dangerous. But once the news popped that 
that Arabian Night was coming. I thought, oh, great. Because, you know, even if he's not good enough to win the Derby, you know, the, we've seen this before. We know, you know, he, I don't think there's any question that this horse is going to be the one to catch. Um, the workouts have been phenomenal for him. And, and obviously, like I mentioned, you don't normally see, uh, I don't know the stats. You don't see a lot of, off the top of my head, you don't know, you don't see a lot of Bob Baffert horses come to the Southwest, especially not as good ones. You know, those tend to be saved yep. um, for the Rebel and even the Arkansas Derby when we first see them at Oakland. So anytime you see what Bob Baffert at the Southwest, you say, well, that's kind of weird, right? You know, I'm not super excited about it. that's like his BCD horse that he's bringing over here. Arabian Night is not that. I mean, if, if he's anything, we I mean, I think the, the jury is still out. We've seen him one time. But if he's anything, he seems to be his A-plus horse. That seems, well, seems to... well, but is he, though? That's the question. Well, it seems, seems to be. We don't know who is it, his horse is. It might be Cave Rock still. Here's what's interesting. He runs a lot of his good horses in the San Vicente, which is Sunday. He's got Faustin in there. He's got having a meltdown in there. So he's got a couple of one that could be pretty good in that San Vicente. He, run, he definitely runs good horses in the Rebel. I mean, we've seen that over the years. And he says Cave Rock's going there. So what is Arabian Night, right? It's a little interesting. Now, Bob Baffert's won this race five times in the last 15 years. That's good, right? But let's listen. Let's. I got the horses for you. Are you ready? Yeah, I want to know. Conveyance. Okay. Okay. Secret Circle. Now he was good, but he was a sprinter. Okay. Castaway. Yeah, I remember that. That was the year that they split it in two. Yep. Yep. He won both of them. Secret Circle and Castaway. Yep. Super ninety nine. <laughs> Newgrange. Woo. Yeah, I remember that one. So look, if Arabian Night wins, what does it really say? He'll be the first good Baffert horse as far as a Derby contender to ever win the Southwest. Um, I only went back 15 years. Let me see if he, I don't think he had one before that. So those are, those are the ones, those are the five. Well, and that's where I kept going to. I was like, okay, we've been hearing all about the source and he's a $2.3 million horse. And we saw him in the flesh. He was amazing, but it's like, we don't see this ever from him. And is he good? Is it a matter of, you know, there's so like, I'm with you. I, I think he's going to win. I think, I don't think, I know he's going to be the horse to catch in here, but I just wonder, I, I, you know, it just seems it, it, we've even seen it go as far into your point. You're right. We do mostly see him in the San Vicente um, a lot of times. Um, But we also, sometimes if they're really good, you don't, you one. Okay, two things. One, you'll see him run him one more time in an allowance and then run him like in the Sanity Derby or something. Or, you know what I mean? Like he's the he's very late to the game because he knows what he has. I don't know if he knows what he has yet with this one. And he's kind of alluded to that um, in some of the comments. Like we think he's really good, but we're going to just, you know, we got to see what he is here in this race. And maybe that's what it is. And to top it off, you mentioned it in the San Vicente on Sunday. He's got five horses in the uh, or five horses in the race. He has four, so it's not like he's running Faustin there and he's running this one here. He could have ran him in there if he wanted to, and that could have been the the next step for him. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out Saturday. It, it 
he can be he could be very good Arabian night but it does kind of break it would break a little bit of a trend that we've seen from Baffert now a lot of it could just be timing you know maybe he wanted to run him in the sham and something happened here or there and he, not saying it was like a major thing but just a minor little hiccup and he didn't he wasn't quite ready gave him some more works so it's like well let's run him right here this is his spot you know Maybe he thought, well, my other ones might not be good enough to go over there and beat a horse like Corona Bolt and Jace's Road. Maybe I better send one a little bit better to go win this one, right? There's a lot of different things you can kind of play into it, and it isn't an exact science. But what we're saying are facts. This would break a trend. Arabian Night, if he is going to end up being a really, really good horse, it's going to be very different from his other Southwest winners who simply were not Kentucky Derby, like legitimate Kentucky Derby contenders. And I agree with my you, Michael, on here, but I also want to play a little bit of devil's advocate with you. There's not because he says that Michael says there's not enough spots for him for all these horses he has, which he's got tummy. Second to Brad Cox. We'll get to Brad Cox in a second. He needs all these spots he can get, but does he? Because he's getting zero points for this win if he wins. No, nothing changes on the Derby trail for, for Arabian Night or any of the four horses in I guess San Vicente is not. But my point is, he doesn't get any points for this race. So, it, what's it matter that he's in this race? Is yeah. I mean, I get the purse, and I mean, I'm not stupid. I know, but from a Derby standpoint, there's no points to be had. You could you could work your way to a bigger spot. Is my is kind of my argument. Another thing I've thought about since they're gonna he has to let go of his you know Derby horses uh, February 28th before March 1st or whatever. Maybe he's sending Arabian Knight to this two-turn race to see if he can get the distance. And it's like, because if he can't, well, then there's no reason to, to transfer him. We'll, we'll point for one-turn races, right? That's that's something that's possible as well. Uh, the purse, I think, is a big, big factor as well. And, you know, since they've raised the purse, this race seems to have gotten a little bit better since Oakland's raised the purse a little bit. This used to not be very good. Let's not remember Two years ago, Essential Quality ran in this race, and so did Jackie's Warrior before we really knew for sure that Jackie's Warrior couldn't get two turns, although we were skeptical. But still, you know, he ran in it. And so those are two champion horses that ran in it, right? So I think the purse has a lot to do with how the field uh, shapes up. Also, it's at a different time of the year than it used to be. This used to be on President's Day, and so maybe that threw off his schedule where now it's, you know – right here this last weekend in, in January. And it, it suggests that, Hey, a little bit different timing. And maybe that's why Baffert's doing it. There's a lot of reasons. It's not, it's odd if this is like a major, major horse, but I think I'll go back to the end of the day. I think he's going to romp. So I know. after well, all of that, that, I'm picking Arabian night to win. And to that point, it's like, and I've seen it a few times in here too. It's like, okay, well I get it, but we could try stretching them out at San Diego for whatever purse, you know, yeah. some bullshit purse, or we can try stretching them out in the Southwest for $750,000 and see if it works there. And I mean, it's not really that hard to decide. Um, so I, I think mo- more than anything, and yeah, Michael says, I think he likes to steal points from other horses too. I mean, that's probably true. I don't blame him at this point, to be honest no. with you, but um yeah, I I love Corona Bolt. We'll get to the, let's let's talk. Let's move that move on to these horses now. But I love Corona Bolt. I think he could definitely still be very good. 
but trying to run down Arabian Night in this situation just seems like this seems near damn near impossible. And uh, I, I, someone asked in the tw- in the chat earlier. I do think Corona Bolt is like I'm I'm shocked that Corona Bolt is six to one versus Jason's Rhodes four to one. I think those are easily going to flip, if not even go further down for Corona Bolt. Um, he really likes Corona Bolt. There's a lot. It seems to be the horse that he's most excited about right now for a three-year-old for Brad Cox, but we still don't haven't seen this horse stretch out. And and I think that's a, you can make the case for Jason's road because we have, um, trying to stretch out for your first time, who is also a horse that is very fast, Corona bolt, having to chase down Arabian. I just taking them out of his game, stretching out for the first time. There's too much against them. I feel like now that Arabian nights in the race. Yeah, I think, I think with Arabian night out Corona bolt could probably go out and control the pace. And then there's a big time shot. I think with him in, I think one of two things are going to happen. I think Arabian night is kind of going to run him into the ground a bit, or I think there is a situation where they hook up and I think they set it up for Aspusen in the seven red route one. I really like this horse at 10 to one because his path to winning makes sense. The two Cox horses in Arabian night have speed. There is yeah. a chance there could be a pace duel in this race. It's not, it's not out of the question. So even if there's a pace duel and one stays on, well, red route one can just sneak up and get second at a nice number. I, you know, if they all get cooked, red route one is going to come running and guys, it ain't like he's been keeping bad company, right? I mean, he's been in some good races He's faced the best as far as when they were two-year-olds. Now, that's a different game now. He's faced the best ones that he could possibly face. He's been competitive. I think he's really interesting at a big number. I've got him in second. Yeah, you know, getting beat by – by the way, I'll give it I'll, – I'll, I'll talk a little bit more, but I would love to know – I mean, and it might, you might be right, uh, Michael, wherever that – I can't pronounce that. He may not be able to get two turns, and, and we'll find out a lot of these horses. But why do you think that? I mean, I'm curious to know why. Like, what evidence do we have that he can't get two turns? I'm curious to know. Seriously, um, but I do agree that he's it's up against it. Um, I you know Red Rat one fourth last time out to Instant Coffee, third uh, two or three back to Forte. Um, yeah, I mean there, there's there's certainly worse running lines. If this thing any and a horse is as out of it and then has that running style, so yeah, I agree. If this and it's possible, two horses stretching out for the first time who like to have who like to go, don't know what they're gonna do, how fast they're gonna want to go. Will they be able to sit off? Is it one? You know, there's a lot of question marks. If that were to happen, to me, that's the saver horse. If you're if you're gonna play, to me, it, it, honestly, if you're gonna play this thing, you probably are better off picking one of the two speed horses whoever you like and then playing that horse with it in terms of maybe you're in or whatever and hoping that you know if it does fall apart you have the horse that picks it up 100 that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> i'm gonna go six seven straight exact in this now look if arabian night somehow is six to five well that changes you know but i think he's gonna be like three to five i'll play red route one underneath and hopefully like eight to ten to one hopefully exact it pays like 15 bucks i think it might you know because i think corona and jace's and even hit show, we're going to take some money. So, um, yeah, I, I I just think that's what you got to do. And, again, 
Red Route One's kind of like instant coffee. He's kind of the measuring sticks. Kind of like, yeah, we know what he is. Now let's see if anybody's better than him. Last week we didn't think anybody was better than instant coffee, and by the way, they weren't. They, those horses behind instant coffee ran terrible. I thought, but this week we think horses are better. But they got to go out and do it, right? And I just think the old steady Red Route One is just the one that kind of is like, ah, he's not that good, but. I think he's just that old steady horse that's going to – maybe he's a looking at Lee type, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Michael, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. Isn't co- uh, Instant Coffee a bolt euro, right? Yes, he is. I was being, I was being uh, kind of smart ass. He is. Um, Corona Bolt is a half-brother to uh, – what was that? What was that horse's name? Approved Strategies, winner of this distance. Um, stakes winner at a mile on the turf at Woodmine, but can get the distance. And we just saw Boltiora win whenever, what was that last week? Um, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. last week. So I get it. Like, I'm not gonna say, like, if he, he could definitely not get the distance, I think it's, I mean, we were at that point in the, in the careers, but to say breeding, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree that the breeding isn't there, but we'll find out. That's why they run. I, would disagree that the breeding would be a reason. I, I think my biggest kind of, I wouldn't call it a red flag because I, I'm not really convinced that he's like, you can't get a mile and 16th. I think there's a big difference between a mile 16th and a mile and a quarter. That might be a little bit different discussion, but you know, a sire was pretty good at a mile 16th anyway. Uh, but the biggest kind of not negative, but kind of like that's weird is we didn't stretch him out second out. They, yeah. In fact, they actually cut back to six furlongs. That's kind of an awkward move, I thought. The the quote today I saw from Brad Cox was he's definitely a horse with talent. Um the quit now uh, the question is can he carry his speed all the way around two turns? I don't see why not. It looks like the perfect race to get him started for the Kentucky Derby Trail for sure. He's good, he's very fast horse. I mean, again, but I think you're at the point where you're fine figuring out what they are at this point and and just like Arabian Night, they might be figuring out if he can stretch out. And uh, it's going to be tricky, too, because it, it could be one of those things that he gets, he does possibly get burned up, Corona Bolt, and we don't really know for sure if it was because he couldn't get the distance and carry his speed or it was just because he hooked up with Arabian Night who went, you know, 44 or 45, and just there's no way that he could have, you know, hung with that. You know, last thing on breeding – it's kind of chuckle at this for say I don't know. I mean, Uncle Mo wasn't exactly a horse that you thought could go all day, right? Like a mile, mile sixteenth was about where he's best. So I, I don't know if either one of them really bred to get a mile and a quarter. I think breeding is extremely overrated when it comes to distance, though. I mean, it, I can't even describe you how overrated I think it is, but. We'll see. I, I don't think the breeding on Corona Bowl says he has no chance to win at a mile 16th. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I like, you know, with breeding to me, it's like, it's such a bullshit thing, really, honestly. I, I think it sometimes helps. Like, it's like, oh, he's you really like a horse. He's really bred to run well, or maybe when they switch to turf. But it's like, at this stage in the game, let him prove it on the track, and, and then you can figure out. I mean, all, mm-hmm. all horses outrun. And, and there's horses that are bred to go forever. They can't run two turns. So yep. um, we see that every day, it seems like. And so anyways, um, all right. All that said, I mean, we're both picking Arabian Night, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah, I can't go against Arabian Night. Okay. 
so let's pretend we know what's going to happen. And Arabian Night rolls, and it's like it's cruise control, impressive, nothing, you know, nothing really to, um, no fears or whatever. What are they doing? What are they doing now? Because now it's like his next start theoretically would have to be with somebody else because the horse needs to start getting points. Has to. Um, what are we doing with him? Uh, I would think Arabian Night. I mean, obviously they're going to get transferred, and I have no idea how that's going to work. But if he wins, I would think the San Felipe would be next for him. I think timing-wise that would make sense. And also they've said Cave Rock is targeting, hopefully, the Rebel. That would mean the San Felipe would probably make the most sense for Arabian Night. And then your Robert B. Lewis runners would probably target the Santa Anita Derby or what have you, depending on how they run, right? Where, where's like a horse like Fasting go? It's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he goes to San Felipe too. You know, the, the horses that have come out of the San Vicente, some of them have come to the Rebel. Um, by the way, I don't think Cave Rock even has a work yet. So maybe he gets pushed and, and somebody like Faustin comes back. I don't know. Um, it's a good question. And and the biggest, yeah, uh, uh, Cave Rock has no works. No works, so, yeah. Uh, it's going to be hard to make the Rebel, I think. But anyway, uh, different story for a different day. But I think kind of the thing that's tricky is where do they go? Like what trainers are they going to go to and how's Al going to work? And that makes it hard to predict where they might run. But I think you, if you get this one under your belt, you're looking at the San Felipe for Arabian night. Definitely going to be interesting where all where, you know, these next month we've been talking about it forever, but then the news came out, they has to have them transferred by the end of February. It's going to be, <laughs> You know, a rat race trying to figure out where these horses go, who they end up with, if they are on the Derby Trail. In fact, what happens uh, with all this bullshit? But uh, for this race, and no points considering, we're on number six, Arabian Night. Those were four good races. <laughs> well, that's why. I mean, like, I feel like we just started the show, and yeah. everyone's still on. So obviously, you know, people are listening. But it's just, God, those are really four good good races and even if you really think arabian night's a beast it's still you still have all the things we talked about kind of underneath looming like can he go two turns why is he bringing them here what is that about what yeah. is what is corona bolt and these other brad cox horses there's a lot to un, to digest even though it seemingly is you have an even money horse on, on on paper yeah i mean what if corona bolt sticks with him and he only gets beat a length you know then you're like okay that's two really good horses or, or yeah, a hundred different ways you could go. And it's exciting for the future. Yeah. It's, those are just four really entertaining races and, you know, hopefully you're just right on a few of them. <laughs> That's the key, but uh, they're good races, man. They're good races. Well, you, and you mentioned it um, the other day and your and make sure, you know, make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube page to see our, all our previews and, and, uh, and videos but you know, Halterman did the preview for this race, and you, I watched it. And you, you kind of mentioned what I was gonna was gonna get at. It's just even though the horses that finished third and on in that race have been awful, I mean, he beat the shit out of that horse who's come back to run well. Yep. Um, and and to me, I I hate that's I hate when people are like, well, he didn't beat anything in that race. Well, he beat him by ten. You know, it's like you know, it's like he beat the shit out of him. So it's like, what's that really matter? And the horse that has been good afterwards, you also beat the shit out of that one too. And so yeah. I, I just, I really think this horse 
you know, we were there. We saw him. I went down the paddock and looked at him and like, he's anytime you see a $2.3 million horse in the flesh and then they run like that on the track, that's a serious horse. If you, if he loses, it's pretty surprising. Yeah. I mean, even if, well, if he loses and it's like this great battle between and a Corona Bolt turns into being this or whoever it is, like you name any of the, like then it's like one thing, but if he like goes to the front, it's got this easy lead and then just, falters fades that's going to be the bigger biggest shock if he runs his race and one of these brad cox's brad cox horses like makes a huge run you know and it's like okay maybe those are like you said maybe those are really two really good horses don't take too much away from but if he can't get the distance or fades that'll be a little surprising Mm -hmm. all right that's all the time we have check out racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page click the get race news premium button at the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember, go check out the wager guide now available for the entire Pegasus World Cup day at Gulfstream Park on Saturday. It is available right now, 19 pages. You get all the bankroll, um, who who, we are, who we're going to play, exactly what tickets we're going to play, analysis of all eight stakes races from Halterman, including all the non-stakes races, pick threes pick, or pick fours, pick fives, um, all that included, and top four consensus picks from all eight people at racingdudes.com everyone you know mike and and uh and magic and slim and papa dude and dr miranda and Vinny, all everyone um is on there and so you get the full picks for all top four picks for every rate every stakes race on the card in this way you guide. make sure you go get your hands on that uh after as soon as you're done with this show just go to racing dudes go get it all right um the magic mike show they were on earlier they did the uh, what they do the late pick five at goldstream park that's mm-hmm. on Saturday. So that's, we just went over a couple of them, three of those big five. It's a tough, I mean, they don't get easier Mm-mm. that sequence. Um, so make sure you go listen to the magic Mike show on uh, all the same platforms, uh, you know, on, on the Apple podcast, Spotify, Google, all the places we're on, they're on too. Make sure you go to our YouTube page, uh, search for racing dudes or YouTube slash racing dudes and subscribe, hit that notification bell. Make sure you like all our videos and you get access to all these videos. When we go live, you get alerted and you can watch us and interact with us like most of you have done tonight. And thank you for everybody for doing that tonight. Final thoughts and give me your Super Bowl, you know, the winners of each game, Super Bowl uh, contenders here. Well, final thoughts. If you watch our daily show, and if you're not watching it, you need to watch it. It's 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 a great show. But anyway, we, we do one uh, a race of the day, a race of the day every day. Papa Dude had hit seven in a row, seven winners in a row. So uh, the eighth, the the race of the day today ran right after we got off the air. Or no, it was right. It was when, when we were going off the air, I think, for the Dude's You Bet uh, show. And he lost. He finally lost one. So he's seven out of eight. He was so mad <laughs> after the streak. And he blamed Savage. He said Savage sabotaged him. By picking a race that Papa Dude would not excel at, so he did <laughs> for the loss today. Was it close? No, no, his horse ran ran really bad today. And uh, right after, he's like, "Damn, Samich, he picked that hard one. He knew I wouldn't get it." <laughs> I said, "What was his? What would be his motivation to have you lose? Like, it's it's good for the show that you keep winning." He's like, "I don't know, but he did it on purpose." So. <laughs> <laughs> tune in um, tomorrow papa dude was scathing mad <laughs> that uh yeah papa dude is uh 
he's he, he's uh he's been hot so definitely let's see so much two should have won yeah by the way everyone everyone give make sure if you haven't already if you don't know about it give a huge congratulations to our boy samich um who last weekend out in samich you put a put the message on there what the what the actual name of that tournament was but it was on horse tourneys is two-day thing at the the with the was it Gulfstream and santanita right yeah flow cow flow cow yeah, and, and the dude was Awful day one until the end. It hit two bombs at Santini. Got him kind of in the in the running and just went absolutely nuts the next day. And the funny part of that story is that and we didn't know this at the time, but like he was busy and he had to like just put his picks. It's a live tournament, but he was busy. He had to put his picks in and, and go do stuff with the family or uh, whatever. I'm guessing the dude just went nuts. His picks got just lit up, including winning the last race, um, which when the horse went in the gate would have been enough to win the damn thing. But the horse got bet down, still damn near win the thing, took home, I think it was like $73,000. So well done, Mike Samich. That was impressive. Yeah, um, a very, very impressive run. And another thing, if the horse that did, the horse got second in that race just barely got up, if not, Samich wins it too. Because that place money was enough for that top guy to just barely stay ahead of him, I think by three dollars or so. So incredible job! Uh, not surprised, but an incredible job. And by the way, let's let's give a shout out to Doctor Tang. He got eighth in the in the tournament and then won just a little short of twelve thousand dollars. So uh, a little minor shout out there compared to Samich, <laughs> but still a, a pat on the back to Mister Tang as well. Yeah, Dr. Tang, you suck, man. What are you doing? Eighth, come on. Um, yeah, there you go. Turned okay. Uh, turned into a pick and pray for him, and that but that makes the story even better because those live ones, and you know, and Samich knows how to play him better than anybody. It's like when those live ones, and you're down, you make a run. And Samich is definitely he's you know, there's all these guys. I'm not gonna name names, but all these guys in these tournaments who when they see the where they're at in the leaderboard and. You know, if I if I just stay here in tenth or fifteenth, I can cash in. It's okay. Samich is like, fuck that. I, he goes for broke. He goes to try to win the thing every time, even if it means he gets screwed. And he tried to do that thing, and and uh, it's just it was an impressive run. And uh, you know, the fact that he took that home. And uh, by the way, like I saw a comment earlier, if you are Goldstream Park, he is definitely buying. Okay, <laughs> not racing dude's money, his money. Because he just won $73,000. So if you see him, just go, hey, congrats on – that will be the code. Like, congrats on that tournament. And he'll go just – you won't even say anything. He'll just go and what do you want? That's all you got to do. Yep, yep. You don't even have to say hi or introduce yourself. Just go up and give him the order, and he'll go get it for you. <laughs> he said he'd be happy, too. There you go. Uh, Magic, yeah, you missed it. We, we did, but it was like – it was more like a just happy birthday. It wasn't it was like a shout-out. Full-on singing, you know, but uh, – <laughs> No one wants to hear me sing. I did sing for him earlier, but you yeah. want you wanted picks for the games, right? Yeah, I want picks. Eagles, Bengals. That's who okay. I went with. I know. Um, that's like I told you the other day. That's the most likely scenario. Um, most probable scenario: Eagles, Bengals. I, I I think the Eagles showed me last week. Not that they haven't been good all year, but it's like, okay, these are they're, they're really good. They're really good. They're going to be tough to beat. So I like Eagles out of the NFC. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be – this game is going to be – I may not be around next week, to be honest with you. It's, it may take it out of me. And I've seen a lot of doozies. 
Super Bowls and you know I've been a fan my whole life so I've seen them all but this one I miss this game I feel like it's just it's got the makings of being brutal to watch and very close back and forth competitive obviously the Bengals have our number winning th- the last three against us so I don't know I it's gonna be a great game I will say this there are certain players certain teams but certain players especially I would not necessarily give bulletin material to and Mahomes is definitely one of those guys. So they need oh. to be careful with what they're doing because I've heard there's a lot of talk going on. And I know Mahomes is going to enjoy being the, you know, quote unquote, the underdog here. So we'll see. So do you want me to give you the key to the game? And this is it. it, it it's all going to come down to one thing. Defense. Are you ready? Go. All the talk, all the Mahomes stuff, forget it. He's going to get his. You're not going to stop him. I don't care. Bengals offensive line versus Chiefs defensive front. That's all it's going to come down to. I agree. If they protect Burrow, the Chiefs are losing. If yep. they get to Burrow, the Chiefs are winning. That's the matchup. That's all it comes down to. The Bills are trash. Their defense was trash after all the injuries. They couldn't They couldn't expose the problems. The Chiefs can expose them. Their front is good. A lot of people don't realize because the Chiefs defense sucks. Not the front. The front is really good. It's when you protect the quarterback, they can't cover. That's the key to the game right there. Can they right. get to it? When they when they send the rush, they can't no one can do anything about it. I mean yep. when it gets through. But you know, and you look back at even not counting like Chiefs games, like when have the when have the Bengals struggled the most is well, it's when he was getting pressured all the time. Yep. You know, he listen, they've got three, definitely two, maybe three wide receiver ones on the Bengals, okay? When he's got time, he they're going to get open, like, every time, right? Yeah. And we saw it against the Bills. You knew from jump, this thing's in trouble. It's over. Yep. Because they had time, and yep. he's just firing them out of there. And that offensive line, as shambles as it is, held up against the Bills. That's the thing, though. People went nuts about those offensive line injuries, but they didn't stop to analyze, it's the Bills. They're not any good. Look what they've done the last four or five, six weeks of the season. And that's like, that was the easiest bet you could ever cash because it's like, yeah, they've got injuries, but they have nobody that can expose those injuries. The Chiefs have got a great front. So, I mean, they they are going to give the Bengals a lot more problems. I really believe that. But at the end of the day, I just think the Bengals have got the playmakers to beat the Chiefs. To beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to match them I think they'll protect him well enough to match him and, and be able to beat him. They've got a more well, well-rounded team, no doubt about it. I'm not. I mean, I'm 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 a huge Chiefs fan, you know this, but I'm also a realist, and I understand. I mean, it's like, yeah, we have Kelsey. That's he's elite. Mahomes elite. We've got those matchups. Maybe with the ankle injury, it's a little more even. Um, but you know, they they're just more well-rounded everywhere everywhere around. So they're going to need to, you know. If Chiefs can press, that's it. Yep, that's the game. Because listen, their Mahomes is going to end. They're going to score. I'm sorry, you're not going to you're not going to beat them like 17 to 14. Like the Chiefs are getting into the high 20s, low 30s, 100. Yep. percent This right here is the key. And as, as someone that's been to Arrowhead all my life, and you know millions of games, well not millions, but you know um, when that when that pass rush gets going, and the crowd is erupting, that place is tough. Yeah, to play. The best quarterback struggle whenever the pass rush is going and everyone's into it, and you're getting creating sacks and turnovers and strip sacks and whatever it is. 
place will go it's nuts yep. it only gets louder and louder so that's the key you got to be able to get in hey you know what and you i saw it earlier you know, like we're talking a little bit back you know after the game and you know frank clark's an idiot but he's like you know he he talks he's like hey it doesn't matter who where we play who we play i'm gonna bring it you better bring it frank all right frank and, and jones obviously has been a beast but got to get the pass pass rush going and uh they're gonna try to get the ball out quick you know that so it'll, it'll be uh it'll be a hell of a game night evening game it's gonna be cold at arrowhead it's it's no matter what it's gonna be you know and by the way what is what do they want the Bengals like 11 in a row now i think, I it think is. they want eight isn't it eight i thought it was more than that um let's i'll look it up here whatever it is maybe it's 11 if they win were, were, were to win it all i don't remember but point is if they were to win the super bowl like that's that's a that's an elite run and an elite team and i think even as much as i love my chiefs and and Mahomes, and i still think he's the best but they go and make that run and run through the, these this you know the bill had to beat the bills and and have to beat the Chiefs, and then have to beat the Eagles or whoever it is. I mean, you, they're in the conversation, definitely, if not above the Chiefs at the time after the FS Super Bowl win. You know what I mean? Because that's – they'll prove four times to beat the Chiefs and win the Super Bowl now, and you got Burrow, and it's like – so that's, to do that, it'll be it'll be very impressive feat. Yeah, I looked it up. They've won 10 in a row. This would be 11. It'll be well, like Kevin said. You don't, you know, just be say eleven and be given. Well, you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not uh, what's his name um, Skip, not Skip. So I don't I don't say just bullshit and you know let it run. So yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. I'm not gonna make. I don't know. You and I both picked Chiefs 49ers at the beginning of the season, and I at least am applauding the fact that both those are very legit chances at this point so you know you know well done right yeah um yeah. next year super bowl odds from our from our good friend mike samich Bengals 10 to 1 bills uh five and a half to one what are the chiefs michael out of that the bills are it's it's crazy how overvalued that team is it's crazy Who? the bills oh yeah <laughs> It's crazy. I'll go even further. It's crazy how overvalued Josh Allen is. Okay. The one thing I'll say about Josh Allen, there's something wrong with that guy, injury-wise. There has to be, because he was playing well. And in the last eight games, he's he was not good. Mm. Not good. But still, yes, I agree. It- but you, and I don't have it in front of me, but I was looking at some stats and comparisons, and it's like everyone wants to every year. It feels like the Bills are the favorite at the beginning of the year. The Bills are the favorite, and Josh mm-hmm. Allen's the favorite for the MVP, and he's so elite. And you know, if you like Mahomes, you gotta love Josh Allen. But you look at the numbers; it's not even not even close. You know, not to mention the, none of the you know accolades, none of the MVPs, none of the you know passing records you know whatever like there's nothing there you know and so it's just like at the end of the day if you you know if you're if you're the bills well you're trying to get to the super bowl and i you know just i don't know how they haven't been able to push through yet is the thing 
Well, you know, they, they lost some heartbreakers for sure. But this year, it, it really is. He got hurt, and they lost a lot of guys on defense. And really, the first, like, six, eight weeks of the season, they looked like the team to beat. And then once all that happened, if you watched the games, you knew they weren't very good, period. I'll say this, though. I fucking love watching Josh Allen play football. Yeah. I love watching him play. He – the way he throws the ball, like he can hit a guy 70 yards like that. Then he, he'll put his shoulder down. He'll run a truck over a linebacker and get in the end zone. That dude is tough. Yep. He's fun to watch. He's a good football player. Don't get me wrong. I just think when you start comparing him to like Mahomes and, you know, honestly, I'd rather have Burrow than Josh Allen. Not even close. Yep. Um, I just think, uh, you know, he gets a little bit overrated um, until yeah. he's kind of proven it, you know, so. I will say this. If you're a quarterback and you're injured, stay out because this is what happens. You get hurt. You're not quite as good. Everybody piles on you. You lose confidence. How many times have we seen this happen with all kinds of different guys? If you are hurt, stay out. Do unless not Patrick, play injured. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes and clearly you have some sort of weird superhuman strength. that Dude, he's not even limping. No. He, he did a presser. He just he hopped. He literally hopped off the stage. Like just no nothing wrapped. Says he yeah. feels good now. Obviously, a lot of that's talk. He'll he'll be limited somewhat, I'm sure. But the dude looked like it. It straight up broke in that game. Yep. Oh, I thought he was done. I don't know how he's walking like that. If it if it truly is a high ankle sprain, I mean that's we've seen guys miss multiple multiple weeks. Those are tough to yeah. come back from. He seems fine. We'll see. It's and, and and I don't know if it's you know a little song and dance trying to make the you know the Bengals feel like they, you know they're not to change their game plan any and I don't know. Um, but How yeah, is song and dance not limping. I I don't know. Maybe he's got he's he's like he's cyborg or something. He's not real. I don't think he's human. Is what I think. So he played that second half. It's like he, that what a heroic game. But you could tell that was bothering the shit out of him. Um, oh. Oh, Curtis, trust me, he got the love from me. That 98-yard drive won the oh, game for them. That because won the game. Yeah. Even though it was early in the game, they don't do that or it creates a turnover there or they go three and out and punt it and all of a sudden they're in you know good field position. The whole game could have flipped. It won the game. It won the game for him. Yes. It was Without incredible. Any doubt. Like I said, if you go three and out, you're punting from your end zone. You're giving Jacksonville the ball a great field position. You let them go down and score. The whole game changes. But he came in and made plays. Now, it's that getting Mahomes back was the other big factor, obviously. But that was a huge drive. Huge drive. Longest drive, uh, playoff uh, scoring drive in, in, in Chiefs history. And it was Chad Henney. And uh, he also got through his first uh, playoff uh touchdown pass and 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 uh, kelsey threw it about 30 rows into the uh into the into the crowd so yeah well there's um, the other factor that's that's it helps the guy had 14 catches so i mean he is <laughs> i i don't even there's there's no words he's the best tight end to ever play <laughs> he's incredible um and that'll help a lot in this game as well no matter who the quarterback is man um if someone if if It'd be great content if we had a camera like, you know, like Barstool does with like watching the game 
Like if you watch had watched me watch this game, it's gonna be if we only had access to StreamYard and a live feeds. Like if you want to do that, we can set it up in a I think it'll take about a minute. We can I don't know that, that I don't know that I want to do it to be honest. I'm not sure people would, would like me afterwards. I That's I'm true. I'm a different person during these games. So they would like you if they're rooting for the Chiefs, but that's true. Yeah, that's true. Now, My brother in law is a Bengals fan, as you know, and I might be watching it with him. So now that would be amazing content. Yeah. Yeah. Both games. I I made the picks, and it's like if this goes the other way, is there's no surprise whatsoever. Well, aside from my fanhood, which obviously I want to see him in the Super Bowl, from a personal or from a, just a fan of football, there's no loo- there's no loss in what happens on on Sunday. It's going to be a great Super Bowl, no matter what happens. Yeah, the be- the four best teams made the four final spots in the playoffs. Yeah, they're all they're all elite, and uh, you know it's just going to be a hell of a. Uh, it might be a fist fight, Davey. Honestly, so we'll see. He's already talking shit. So I said, "Hey, win a Super Bowl, we'll talk. We'll see." I, I can't handle it. I don't think you guys should be watching the game together, but that's just me. And by the way, you know, my my issue with him, uh, we're, we're, we get along fine, but my issue with him being the Bengals fan is this guy, everyone, I don't even need to say it, but I will say it, like, this guy was a Bengals fan. Then, I don't know, pre-Burrow, maybe seven years ago or so, just stopped, stopped, went to the Colts, then went to the Texans. Like he liked uh, Watson, so he went to the Texans, which is funny in itself, right? <laughs> and then Burrow came along, started winning, and lo and behold, he's back to being a huge Bengals fan. I have an issue with that. Okay, I do too. I have a huge issue with that. You know, you know us, you as an OU guy, me as a, like I literally since I was born, I was a Chiefs fan. I've seen all the horror. Seen it all. You lived through the bad times. You enjoyed the good times. So it's like, dude, I just have a hard time with that. I have a major problem with that. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, I don't like that at all. That's a front runner. Huh? That's a front runner. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. Oh, that's that's a great that's a that's a funny comment, Kevin. He's not wrong. Yeah, I know, right? Believe <laughs> we'll it at that. Part of me, part of me doesn't want to dig. You know what I'm saying? It's like you don't you don't know if you want to find out what you're going to find out at the end. So yeah, we know enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, listen. Uh, we're going approaching two hour show here, so I think it's time to wrap her up. But hey, it's been great, everybody. Huge weekend. There's, I feel like we're all going to be changed people when we see each other next. Everyone, so much is going to have happened. The Pegasus, all that unfolded. What happens in the Southwest? Who's going to the Super Bowl? So much to talk next week. All of our content at Racing Dudes, whether it be sports or horse racing, lots to talk about. Halterman, lots to talk about. It's going to be content for weeks now. It's all <laughs> heating up. It's all heating up. All right, guys. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Remember, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Good luck in the Pegasus. Good luck in the Southwest. Good luck in these conference championships. 
for everybody that's watching. Thanks, guys. See you guys next time. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 